What's up, everyone? I'd like to welcome you to the fourth episode of the Next Level Podcast, the podcast that helps athletes get to the next desired level of play. What's going on? This is Nick Harper, and you know when I hear episode four, I think of my buddy Johnny Carlson that I played with at Fredonia, and Johnny, man, this guy was a treat. Um, I got a couple Johnny stories. Um, a lot of them I I can't say because I don't think they'd be too you know appropriate for the crowd of uh, listeners that I have here. But I do have one that always just cracks me up. And I don't even know if I told him this. I don't, I'm not sure if he remembers it, but we were on a, a bus ride home from, I think it was like somewhere in North Country. I was playing for Donia. So either like Potsdam or Plattsburgh, uh, you know, just a real long trip. It, it's late at night. You know, mostly everyone's sleeping on the bus after a game. And we got Austin Powers playing on, uh, you know, on TV on the bus. And it's all quiet, and then Johnny has just this this um, this laugh that's so distinct. You, you know, it's it's just it's a laugh that makes you laugh, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting a couple rows in front of him, watching Austin Powers, and I just hear him just cracking up. Everyone's asleep. He's back there just enjoying the movie. I turn around and look at him. He's like, "Harps, man, I can't get enough of this." And you know, he then he swore, but I can't get enough of this. You know what? And he's just, just a guy that you know. He once he gets laughing, you start laughing. He's just an incredible, funny guy. So uh, yeah, again, welcome to episode four. Um, got another just great guest. I've been so happy with the guests we've had on so far. They, they've all been, they've all been great. Um, you know, after every interview I have with them, I'm always saying like, wow, you know, they did a fantastic job and, you know, we got yet another one today, um, or sorry for this episode. Um, before we get into it, I want to, you know, mention that it was great to have, uh, some live sports back. I don't know about you, um, but I, I checked out the tailor-made drive-in relief, uh, skins match with, um, Matthew Wolf, Ricky Fowler, uh, Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy, and it was it was it was nice just to watch some live sports. And you know, all that people were talking about, and all I noticed was that Matt Wolf's swing, like that little twitch he does with with his knee, um, it it just draw drew my attention. Um, it, like when he adjusted the ball, you know, he take takes his time, he's a little slow, then just does that knee twitch. And then hits the ball, and he even has that like Jim Furyk swing, man. Like he brings it back. I, it's hard to describe. I'm like doing the motion with my hands right now. It's hard to describe, but he like gets it back, and it just it's weird. But then he just crushes the ball 350, middle of the fairway. Like man, must be nice, right? Um, yeah. So that that was good. It was good to watch some golf, and it was funny seeing them, you know, wearing shorts and carrying their old their own bags. You know, kind of, you know, they related to us, except. I don't shoot high 60s, low 70s consistently. I, I don't shoot it at all, actually. But I'm working my way there. Only like 10 more strokes to go from the whites. Not the tips. But anyway, I'm trying to get out and golf more. It's, uh, you know, I'm just losing my mind. I'm bored here. I'm happy that golfing's back in, you know, central New York. But anyway, let's uh, let's get to our guests. So, I guess this episode was uh, someone I grew up always playing against. Um, fun fact, and I can't believe I didn't bring this up in the interview, but our moms were roommates in college. So, yeah, roommates in college at uh, Brockport, or SUNY Brockport, 
of the the Golden Eagles, I believe the name was. And um, yeah, so they both grew up to have uh, goalies as sons. And so that's, uh, you know, not sure what they did to deserve that, but that was the outcome. But anyway, Skiddy, he, uh, you know, played college hockey at Potsdam, was a real solid goaltender, played at a lot of different places junior-wise, but he played at very impressive levels to get to the collegiate level that he was at. Um, you know, he was – I don't want to give away too much. You know, he was voted a captain his senior year, and seeing a goalie wearing a letter is rare, and that just shows, you know, his uh, compassion, his work ethic, and, you know, just a great leader. So he 100% deserved that. He then go, went on to coach at a RPI, Division One level, and has a D3 assistant job lined up. So, you know, for those of you listening, especially the younger players, younger hockey players coming up who aren't too familiar with um, the process, man, this interview is going to be huge for you, especially as a player going through the process and now as a coach seeing the process. He, he has a ton of just great information. Uh, he's, he's a very smart guy when it comes to, you know, preparation for the game, um, what you need to do before, after to recover, um, and just to get your head in the right spot. And he, he, he goes on and just tells an unbelievable story, unbelievable, um, just an overall great interview that we had with him. And I know you're going to learn a lot from it. So that's who we have here. Uh, you got two goalies talking. So um, it's going to be real interesting, and it was a blast. He did a fantastic job. Uh, he just did, I can't say enough good things about him, man. He's just so easy to talk to, and I'm going to send it over to that right now. So here is Nate Skidmore. All right, I'd like to welcome former college hockey goaltender and current college hockey coach Nate Skidmore to the Next Level Podcast. Nate, thanks for coming on. Excited to be here. <laughs> so uh, for those who don't know, Nate played at Potsdam in the SUNYAC conference, played there for four years, was a, a captain your senior year, right? Assistant captain? Yep. Assistant captain senior year, wore the A. And I uh, just got done last year. He coached at RPI. So uh, Nick, before we, or sorry, Nate, before we get going, um, you know, I just want to get your thoughts on the NHL season this year. What do you think, uh, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I mean, you're hearing the rumors right now that it's going to come back June 1st, but we'll see. I mean, obviously, they need to find a good venue or venues to put the players. And I think the hardest thing is uh, having the players away from their families. So I think that's tough on the players because, I mean, obviously, family is important to everybody, especially in a hard time like this. So if they can find a remote location for those guys to be quarantined and play the sport they love, that's awesome. But I think families, it's going to come down to that value. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I was thinking, you know, the longer they push it back, you know, the longer the next season. So it's looking like if they get the season going in June, what, next season will start in December, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I've been hearing is that they're going to extend this one out and then push the other one back. But I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to have hockey in general back. So Yeah, no, like selfishly you want to see it. But then you're thinking of the future, like with the AHL, in even the East Coast Hockey League, would that start up in December as well, or would that come back in October? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I don't know. It's, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's scary, too, with the AHL teams because some of them are privately owned. So 
they're all based right. off of revenue. And if they can't sell tickets, that's really going to hurt. So. Yeah. And, you know, you think of some of, the, some of the cities that these AHL teams are in, like they're, you know, they're struggling to get fans. So yeah. it is uh, scary to see. I mean, obviously with uh, both of us being from around Syracuse, the crunch are near and dear to our hearts. And I think that would be one of the teams that would be at risk of losing their franchise possibly. So yeah, um, you obviously hope for the best. So. Right. Right. So yeah, hopefully, you know, we get hockey back soon and we can, you know, be able to watch it. Um, yeah. So First off, I'll just, we'll just start from the beginning here. So uh, how did you start getting into hockey? Uh, it's actually kind of a crazy story. So my neighbor was a uh, varsity hockey player for West Tennessee. Um, so he was 18 and I was six. And uh, basically he needed someone to shoot on. Yeah. <laughs> so I was a six-year-old in the net. He had goalie gear and uh, I loved it. Uh, from the second I jumped in the pads, it was something that I loved. And I remember I went to a uh, – one of my buddy's sleepovers and I had to go to his hockey practice that night and I fell in love with it right there. I was like, all right, I got to figure out how to get into this, how to skate. And coming from a non-hockey family, we had no idea, no idea what to do. And basically we got good advice saying, Hey, you need to show up every single to every single practice squirt might every time you can skate, you have to skate. And uh, they started me out at forward. I moved back to D. I mean, that was a small point in my career, but uh, <laughs> then I switched to goalie the next year. And I don't know. I was just, I had to get in the net. The uh, one time I was uh, supposed to play goalie when I was on that square house team. And I was sick as a dog. I was like, I was puking. I was coughing. And I was crying at the end of practice because I didn't feel like I played well enough to be able to be a goalie. Oh, wow. I, I was scared that my parents and my coaches weren't going to say, like, hey, you know what? You tried you have to stick with play or something, but I wanted to be a goalie so bad. I was like, I have to strap these pads on again. Yeah. Oh man. That's crazy. That's, that's pretty cool. That's a cool story. And hockey is definitely one of those things um, where you got to get the skates on at an early age. If you want to, you know, I guess develop early It's one of those things that um, you just got to get out there and do, put the skates on and learn uh, young so that's funny though that you just you you love to be in net getting puck shot at you that's hilarious oh yeah it was yeah, nuts <laughs> so um yeah so you mentioned you know playing mites and squirts can you just describe your youth hockey experience like you know what age you started and then what age did you kind of um did your youth program go to uh so i uh i actually started late which is surprising for uh just in general with how hockey seems. Uh, I started at nine, which was very oh, okay. late. I started goalie at 10, but uh, I always joke with people that lacrosse is my first sport. I started playing lacrosse when I was three or four. So that mm-hmm. translated well for me. But uh, yeah, started at nine, uh, made a travel team at 10 as a goalie. There you and go. then uh, I played double A until I was 16. So yeah, I, cause I never, uh, I got cut from West Tennessee high school my freshman year. And uh, then went from double A to junior B, which was a crazy jump for me. So yeah, oh, so you played uh, Camillus, right? Camillus from yep. Mike to all the way to. Did you play Midget there, or was it just Bantam? Just Bantam. It was my second year at Bantam. Second yeah. year Bantam. So I, remember, I think I think we played against each other a few times too. Oh, probably. Yeah, I think I have six or seven yeah. losses against you. I don't think I had too many dummies. <laughs> <laughs> but um. <laughs> but before we get into high school and everything, your brother's a goalie too, right? Yep. Yeah. So he, uh, it's funny how it works. He, uh, totally different style goalie than I was. Oh, was he? Uh, yeah. So I always used to say that I, um, I tried to emulate my game after Flurry or Holpe or 
I mean, any of those big names. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those who I really like idolized and wanted to be like, he played like Briskalov. Oh, and I say it in the nicest way possible. He on the ice, Briskalov. Bit... Yeah, not off yeah. ice, Briskalov. No, the not ice. off the ice. Yeah, no. He's <laughs> way more put together on the ice or off the ice than Briskalov was near the end of his career. But he, uh, he's like, yeah, he was uh, just a different goalie, and he played well though. He played the position well. He read the game well, and it was yeah. cool having a younger brother who wanted to be a goalie too. Right, two man. You know, God bless your parents. You got two, uh, two goalies in the family. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, no, and the, the worst thing for them was that uh, we liked different brands of gear too. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know how it ended up working out. I'm just glad that uh, it wasn't all made in Canada, so that helped out the price a little bit. Right. But, so were you um, so you're a CCM guy, right? You wear CCMs in college. Yep. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, I switched after uh when I made the Pembroke Lumber Kings in junior A because they were sponsored by CCM. I said, you have to switch. And I was used to Reebok growing up. I went to Vaughn for a little bit and then, I don't know, fell in love with CCMs throughout my junior and college career. So Yeah, you just stuck with them. Yeah. Nice. So going back to um, to high school, because back when, you know, we were in high school playing, high school was pretty uh, competitive. You know, we had some good – it was kind of like hit or yeah. miss. You had some good guys in the league. Um and then you had some weaker teams. Did you always like know you're going to play junior or did you want to play high school and then junior hockey? Yeah. So uh, to be completely honest, I wanted to be a high school starting goalie. Yeah. I I wanted to play for Washington C and it's a powerhouse and uh, I do give them credit. They do develop. And Mm. uh, it wasn't the right path for me in the end of the day. Uh, they had their eyes on other guys. They liked other goalies for the net. And my freshman year, I was cut. My sophomore year, I never played a game. I only dressed one high school hockey game my entire life. So, uh, awesome. Great experience. The Iron Show Park has a great crowd. And yeah, uh, it was it was amazing. And then I uh, that year, I started to practice a little bit with the Syracuse Stars. And that's when my whole mind shift, my, my mind shift happened, where it was like, okay, I kind of, I kind of want to play uh, – junior hockey at this point like I want to play college hockey what's it going to take to get there right so that was the biggest thing and yeah yes and that's why like one reason why I wanted to start this podcast because you know you went on to have a great college career you know you played at high junior level high collegiate level but then you know you didn't make your freshman year of high school and you didn't play your sophomore year of high school but like you took a different path to get there and that's why I wanted to start this to show that there's not you know, one path, you know, you don't play two years of high school and then go to junior. You don't play four years of high school. It's, it's, everyone has different pathways. So it's kind of, you know, it's great that, you know, you found a path that worked for you. Um, so how, uh, so getting into junior hockey, you were there, what, you, would that be 15 years old when you started or 16? 16. Yeah. So I, uh, the fun story with that is when I was practicing with them, I, uh, I shared the restroom with Al Puck. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So me and him would get dressed and then go and uh, jump on the ice with that junior B team at the time. And they were actually at the Chicago Dockwa down the road that ranked. Oh, yeah. Season. Yeah. Yep. And so we jumped on the ice there and <laughs> he was a lot better than I was, but it was, uh, <laughs> it was funny. It took about 10 seconds for me to realize, okay, this kid is going to probably make the NHL. I'm just hoping to make this team. So. Right. Was, yeah. Uh, but it was fun. I was, uh, it, we had a good friendship from there on out. Yeah, that's cool. I was going to say, you played with some pretty, you know, big names. You played with Angelo, too. Yeah, so yeah. Angelo, it was funny. I mean, it, what's funny about all those guys is they all started as third and fourth liners on that team. So it wasn't like they 
were especially Angelo. Angelo was we had the Silver Bullets line, which is the fourth line, and uh, actually he played with Josh Sova and this kid uh, Danny Briggs. And oh, yeah, Danny Briggs Beville played. Yeah, you know Briggs from Beville. He uh, yep. so I think he ended up playing club hockey at Brockport, and then uh, Sova played for Canton. Right. But, I mean, here's Angelo, who's going to probably play more games in the NHL in the near future. So it was sure. cool that our coach said that you have to develop. So. Yeah, no, that is cool. So that's for the Syracuse Stars team. Um, what what league were you guys in? It was Junior A hockey, right? Our, we were Junior B. So oh, sorry, there was Junior no, B. At the yeah. Time. So there was no uh, Junior A team in Syracuse. They sold it to Rochester oh, that year. Okay. So if there was a junior A team, I'm guessing some of those guys probably would have made that team, but they all wanted to stay close to home and be in high school still and stuff like that. And I mean, they all, I'll go back to that family value where they just valued their family so much that they wanted that extra year to be with them, which right. makes total sense in my opinion. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so we were in the Empire Junior Hockey League. And at that time, it was actually a pretty competitive league. I mean, they, uh, our first game was against the Boston Junior Bruins and that was with Eichel and Garland wow. and the other team. So I've never seen – I remember, like, showing up to the rank and looking around and seeing all these NHL and college scouts, realizing, first off, they were not there to see me and probably <laughs> a handful of guys on my team, but mm-hmm. they were there to watch those – that high caliber. I'm like, all right, so this is this is where the next step is. Yeah. So that's, that's cool you got to see, all right, like, I'm in the right spot now playing against these, you know, these guys who are just unbelievable at such a young age. Um, yeah. So – in, in Syracuse, obviously, it sounded like you enjoyed your time there. Uh, how many seasons did you play for the Stars? I played two seasons. Two seasons. And then uh, where did you where did you go from Syracuse? So, uh, a quick side story within Syracuse. I ended okay. up getting called up to Dubuque in the USHL for a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. Which was a great experience. I never played a game, but just seeing the USHL for two weeks was amazing oh, so yeah I got I to even, imagine. that was my senior year so that was my second year with the stars and uh it was unbelievable so my first year with the stars uh I struggled definitely might honestly pretty heavily we had a, such a high powered offense it didn't really matter right uh, my numbers weren't great nothing like that but that summer I really committed to being a college hockey goalie I was like that's my goal is I want to play college hockey so I was on the ice every other day I was skating with the guys like Tuck, Angelo, Kerwin, all those guys who were really mm-hmm. high caliber shooters. And, uh, and my senior year, my second year of juniors, I ended up making the all-star team for the empire. Oh, and that okay. was really when all my doors, that's when all the doors opened for me. And that's still probably my best statistical season on elite prospects. And it'll stay that way since I'm retired now, but yeah, uh, it, uh, that actually, that helped me make the, uh, the jump to junior A the next year. And, and it's huge that you can reflect on that. You, at the end of the season, you noticed, all right, you know, I got to, not happy with myself here I got to make changes you know there's oftentimes guys make excuses like oh um you know D's fault you know stats are wrong they can find 100 excuses in the book but it it definitely helped you to realize all right you know I didn't have my best year here what can I do differently you put in the work and it's good to see that you got rewarded that next year um so so after Syracuse after the USHL stint where uh where was your next stop so I went to the EJ Showcase, which is the EJ Spring Showcase. I was offered a third string spot on the EJ at the time, the junior uh, Jersey Hitman. Okay. So they, were, they said you could be the third string goalie. Uh, it was very expensive, which was, I mean, that's how hockey is in some areas. And uh, 
So I couldn't afford it. My family couldn't afford it. And I decided to go up to uh, the CCHL. So I tried out for the Pembroke Lumber Kings. It was one of those remote camps where, honestly, I truly believe that half of our money grabs. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to be seen. And I actually signed the contract in Ottawa for a team in Pembroke, which is two hours away. So oh, wow. it was uh, very fast moving. And I was really excited just to be able to play junior A hockey. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. Real quick, can you um, what's the CCHL? Can you explain that for other people listening? Yeah, so the CCHL, it's one of the uh, 10 CJHL leagues in uh, Canada. So it's a tier two junior A. CCHL, uh, Central Canada Hockey League, is based in Ottawa. It's They call themselves tier one, but they're realistically tier two. Tier one in Canada is the OHL. Yeah. yeah. And Dub and all those leagues. Sure. Uh, so it was a tier two league based out of Ottawa. And what's amazing about that league is that there's only 14 teams. So it's extremely tight knit and the top and bottom compete. Yeah. So there's a lot of parity. It's uh, it's great hockey every night. And what's nice too, is that uh, some of them don't have uh, bus trips. So you can drive 20 minutes down the road in your car and play a high level team. Right. So yeah. That's nice. That's rather awesome than experience. Hopping on a bus traveling six, seven hours to go, you know, oh. either blow out a team or get blown out. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't imagine honestly. Yeah. And so your, your junior experience, uh, how was that there? Did you like it? Was, uh, yeah. So, uh, crazy start, uh, went up to Pembroke, uh, Pembroke, if anyone's ever been there, it's uh tiny, it's very small. What's funny is that it's very similar to Potsdam, New York. Yeah. Uh, small town, love hockey. They have the PMC, which is the Pembroke Memorial Coliseum, uh, holds about 3000 and it sells out almost every night. And, oh wow! Uh, at least it did. At least it did back then. I don't know how it's doing now. Obviously, with everything changing, but mm-hmm. uh, it was unbelievable. Great experience. Uh, I lived in a town called Petawawa, which is a little bit north, and so things were going well. Uh, I knew I was a backup goalie when I went up there. Uh, the, the starting goalie, he uh, was supposed to play for the Halifax Mooseheads, mm-hmm. and he got he was the last cut. So I'm like, oh, all right, this yeah, kid it's, is unbelievable. Yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, he played at Pembroke the year before, and uh, he committed to Ferris State actually later in that year. Oh wow! So very good goalie. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it's got it's cool, and um, it's cool to see they have that you're with a goalie of that skill level too. You can kind of you know learn from him, and you know yeah. just uh, be there for him as well, make him better, push him. Um, so after that season, uh, what was next? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I'll go during that season real quick. The uh, I had a crazy month where uh, my mom got breast cancer, my mm-hmm. dad lost his job, and then I uh, blew out my back. So I actually bulged oh, my back. So during that month, I got traded to the Gloucester Rangers, and I uh, finished the season there. And it was actually a really good experience. It was humbling. Uh, I ended up being a starting goalie, and then uh, I let my attitude cause problems. So okay. I thought I was entitled to more. And it was a great learning experience because I realized that I not to use the cliche, but ego was the enemy. Yeah. And I thought that I deserved more than I was getting. And the next year they traded me again to the junior savers. So, and and that's where I finished my junior career there. So, yeah, well, you know, that's a, that's a tough stretch to go to. You don't wish that upon anyone, you know, I hope your mom, you know, is feeling better. Um, Yeah. You know, that's tough. All three of those things happening at once. So um, it's, it's, it's good to hear that, you know, you, you, you learn from, you know, that experience, you know, you learn the, yeah. um, 
I guess it's, it's all about like that pathway, as I've, you've been saying, like, um, you learn, you learn and you grow. So, you, you know, yeah, you learn from absolutely. there and then you end up with the junior Sabres and this is your last junior spot. Tell us about that experience. Uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I absolutely loved it. Uh, so we started the year at the Northtown center, which is, uh, right off of Maple road near UB. Yeah. And we, that was the first year of the Harbor center. So we were waiting for that building to be complete. Northtown so, has like four sheets of ice, right? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, their club team plays there too. And they're actually uh, a legit club team. Yeah. Oh UB. yeah. And, uh, so we were playing there and, but we were just waiting, like waiting for that opportunity to go to the Harbor center. And, yeah. uh, we, the Harbor Center opens up, and we were the worst team in the OJHL. We were 4-19. and 19. Oh, wow. So then uh, the craziest thing happened where the snowpocalypse, remember that huge snowstorm that happened about five years back now? Yeah, no- November, uh, right? Yeah, and it yeah. Uh, completely shut down our schedule for a week. So we couldn't practice, and we couldn't play for a week. We came back, and we're 19-4 and four after that snowstorm. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we totally flipped it around, and we ended up making playoffs. No way. Awesome. So it was, uh, it was really, it was really good. Yeah, no, that's under, what do you think caused that, that turnaround? Anything specific or do you think it was just uh, hard together? To say. I mean, I think, uh, we had a lot of good team bonding during that week off. Surprisingly, a lot of us lived close to each other. So mm-hmm. we were able to hang out. A lot of guys had their, like the high schoolers had their school canceled. So we were all able to go to a house and hang out for a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, I think we just started to figure it out. And I think actually being able to relax from hockey, sometimes the mind needs some nights off. So it was really good to uh, kind of just decompress and start playing. Right. And we, uh, we, we turned it on. It was awesome. Uh, we had, a, we had a guy who used to joke. His name was, uh, we called him Mr. December. He, uh, Ryan Cooney played at Plattsburgh. He was their captain this year. Okay. And he, uh, he was, uh, he committed to Niagara that year because of his December that he had. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> that was cool. Did uh, did you play Benny Cassell? Oh yeah, yeah, you played, yeah, Benny. I played with Benny. I yeah. loved Benny. Oh my god, he's a great guy. Yeah. Unbelievable. He was an underrated player too. I thought he was really good. He's probably our best defenseman. Yeah, in my oh, opinion. He, yeah, oh, he's such a solid D man. Yeah, yeah, we um, my sophomore year, we were in the same suite. He lived right next to me, and oh, yeah, man, that guy's a treat. <laughs> yeah, and what's what's he doing these days? Is he still? I think he's still local. I know he went to. Fredonia? Yeah, he, uh, I think he went to UB for, uh-huh. I think he did, yeah, a couple of years at Fred in UB because he was an engineer. He's a real smart guy. Oh, okay. He went the engineering route. Okay. That makes yep. sense. Yeah. So I, I think he's working right now. I think he's still local. I got to, I got to check, uh, check in with him. It's been a while. Yeah. But, um, how, how was it wearing, uh, you know, the Sabres colors and everything? That was awesome. It was, uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, we even had the same jersey style as they did. Yeah. And there was actually one time we, uh, we got to practice at the, it was the first Niagara at the time mm-hmm. and we practiced there and it was pretty cool because Detroit was getting off the ice. So we got to watch Datsuk just dangle everybody oh my God. the whole practice. So that was unbelievable. Then we jumped on the ice, but it was cool because we were walking through and Detroit didn't know that we were the junior team. I mean, it only took them about six seconds to realize it, but at first they thought we were actually the team coming back because you get dressed in the locker room a few doors down from the Sabres locker room. Okay. And, uh, so we, and we had the Sabres bags and stuff like that. And it was pretty cool to be able to follow up Detroit's practice. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Like for that one moment, we felt like NHLers for sure. <laughs> Who, uh, so do you see, see Zetterberg was there, right? You see, yeah. you see Zetterberg, Jimmy Howard. Zetterberg. 
Jimmy Howard. That's Jimmy Howard. Howard. That's who I was focusing on right away. Obviously, yeah. being a goalie, just being able to watch that. Another New York guy is from uh, Ogdensburg, I think, right? Yeah, which is yeah. crazy. He was a Syracuse star too, which is wild. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it's such a small world. It's funny. No, um, who uh, at that was Morazic there at the time? Did you see Morazic? Uh, I'm trying to think who their backup was. Um, what was this? 2015. 2015. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank. I mean, anyway, it might be the uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Yeah, no, that's still cool to be up close and personal with the NHL is like that. Yeah, we had a good practice after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so from from the Junior Sabres, you got recruited to Potsdam, huh? What was that process like? Uh, very quick and honestly out of nowhere. Uh, so I was planning to go back to the Junior Sabres, and they ended up bringing another goalie, and they said, you're going to have to compete for a spot. Uh, at the time, I was talking to a few Division One schools, but it wasn't anything – very serious. It was like a third string full pay spot. So I wasn't going to get a scholarship or anything like that. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, uh, one of the D1 coaches referred my name to Potsdam and said, hey, if you need a goalie, he might jump to D3. And I got the call and instantly I was like, this is where I want to go. Uh, I visited, I actually, I visited in July, which is very late. And yeah. oh, right, right when I jumped on campus, I was like, I'm, I'm going here. Yeah, you so, fell in love with the place? I loved it right away. Just everything about it. The, it had a really nice rank, and it was only a few years old, and they had my major that I wanted, and that was that meant the world to me. Yeah, I, I love that barn. That place was that place was really yeah. cool. I was a big fan of that rank. Um, would you say – so it's all about – you know, recruitment's all about timing, right? Would you say being yeah. a goalie, is it, like, harder, easier to get recruited, or is it kind of just right place, right time kind of thing? I think it's it's a mix of both. It's a it's an interesting dynamic. I I know just going on my experience now at RPI, I we're looking at goalies. We looked at a 20-year-old goalie this year. Yeah. So, and he wasn't really getting too many sniffs earlier. So, it's a combination of patience and at the same time being seen at the right time. So, yeah. it's it's a it's definitely a delicate balance. So, it's hard to say. I mean, I still think that, kind of for my in my opinion, I think goalies should be drafted when they're 19 in the NHL. I think you could add that extra year. Mm-hmm. And I think that an OA position in the CHL, like an overage position, shouldn't count towards goalies. So I think goalies need that extra year to develop. I see You see too many times where a goalie goes to the CHL and they're stuck in the coast for three years and then they hate hockey and they don't want to play anymore. Right. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I mean, there's still a lot to – I think there's still a lot to develop as far as goalie development. Yeah, so. no, that's well said. Yeah, it's a topic that not, you know, especially people in the hockey world and community that they're not too familiar with is you yeah. know, the goaltending position in general and no. the opportunities that come with it. Um, so describe uh, like overall your college hockey experience. What you, you fell in love with the school right away. How was, yep. uh, how, how was your freshman season first year in? Uh, it was, I was always describing it as the light at the end of the tunnel after a, a dark end to a junior career. And I don't yeah. mean that it was bad with the junior Sabres, but, uh, I always joke that juniors is the best and worst time of your life. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that you go through so many growing pains throughout juniors and you're only focusing on hockey and you don't really have anything to fall back on. Then you go to college hockey and if you're not doing well on the ice, you can 
fall back on your teammates that you're around way more in college or you can fall back on academics and if you want to have a great work ethic you can really work in all those areas but you can really focus on one if another one's not going well for you and that will bring up the lacking area so that's how I always saw it and uh, I loved it I I made me want to go back and think about going to prep school like if I was to do it again possibly go prep school because I love that balance of hockey and school so much mm-hmm. but uh obviously I ended up at Potsdam so I couldn't have been happier right and it's it's all about that that triangle that has you know social life athletics schoolwork and then you pick Absolutely. two you pick two yeah. of them and you know it, you get that feeling too okay hockey's not going well I had a bad had a bad weekend had a bad you know practice you know let me yeah. bear down on my schoolwork get my mind off of it and same thing all right you know I bombed a test. I'm struggling in this class. All right, good thing I got to work out later for hockey. I got a practice. Get my mind off of that. So that's a cool, exactly. you know, balance. Um, yeah. Like you said, um, you know, how are how are the boys? How are your teammates? Oh, the boys are awesome. I yeah. love them. Uh, still stay in close contact with most of them. Even the guys who uh, were seniors when I was a freshman, and now they're, I mean, what? They're almost yeah, they're 29, 30. So it's uh, it, it's awesome to still have such a tight-knit group we always said that the uh the boys drove the bus for us uh they were off like we were just a really close group and Mm -hmm. on and off the ice uh we would all take classes together like most college hockey teams do yep (laughs) uh, where i and then five years after we're all going to each other's weddings so it's uh yeah it's it's an amazing sport in that respect that's awesome. And you hear all the time with people like, yeah, sure. You, you miss the game sometimes, but like you miss just yeah. the camaraderie and being oh. with the boys because, you know, when you play a high school sport or even like, you know, junior for, for hockey, for instance, um, yeah. you know, you, you can have a tight group of guys, but you know, you see them at school at practice and you know, that's at college. You're living with these guys. You're yeah. going to class. You're going to live. You see them like 24 seven and you just build such a strong bond. Um, yeah no and the locker room too it's just I, oh, being it able to escape the classroom and go to the locker room just to be able to hang out and as we say after a practice just marinate and have a tea party yeah <laughs> so, uh, oh, I, I missed, loved it yeah I missed that yeah. the most <laughs> yeah. um so how was uh you know so you got elected captain your um senior year was that like a player's vote was that coach's choice how uh, how'd that happen uh it was a combination of both uh I really didn't think I would ever get a letter on my jersey because my coach didn't was one of those coaches, rightfully so, that didn't believe in putting a letter on a goalie. Mm-hmm. So when he called me and said that I was going to wear a letter, I uh, I was honored. And yeah. part of the reason was I uh, I was running a lot of the strength conditioning stuff for the team. Okay. So it was just to uh, get a lot of buy-in from the guys, just so that it was like, okay, if uh, one of the leaders is going to be doing this and programming this for us, then we have to buy in. And uh, it helped out a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a huge honor. That is that's something you should be, you know, very proud of. That's cool. Um, let's talk like on ice. How um, you know, how uh, the seasons go? Did you, like, what was your uh, best year? Would you say for you personally on the ice? Uh, definitely my senior year. Senior uh, year. Senior year was when uh, I hit my potential. I believe uh, that's where I really felt that I bought into the whole process of being like developing and knowing that, okay, freshman year, I'm a third string goalie. And I got seven games that year and it was awesome out of nowhere. And I'm like, perfect. Yeah. 
Roll with sophomore it. year, played uh, I played 14, which was a lot. So I was like, okay, I'm starting to take the net. And then I started to really think that I should have been the starting goalie my junior year. And because I had that mindset, it ended up biting me where I started to let that ego creep back into my game. And yeah. uh, I don't regret it because it ended up making my senior year that much more stronger because I had a uh, quote-unquote down year my junior year because I only played seven games. Mm-hmm. But then going into my senior year where it was like, okay, you've earned the net, you've got it, you have to run now. And uh, they said they brought in a couple goalies that they're like, they're going to push you. And I said, well, they're going to have to dethrone me. Yeah. Good. I'm not, I'm not leaving. So I want yeah. this crease. Right. And and that makes it easier when you're knowing like every night, all right, that's mine. They're not taking it. Yeah. You know, let's go. So yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Definitely sounds like you had, you know, a good time, good time up at a, up in there in North country in Potsdam. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, did a, what was I going to ask? Was Sergi's by you guys or is that near Plattsburgh? Do they have a Sergi's by you? They have Sergi's. Actually, a guy Sergi's? on uh, Potsdam right now is, uh, he's cousins with the owner. No way. Okay. Yeah. That was so a, I used to hook the boys up a little bit. That, that was always the too spot. Much, but a little bit. Yeah. Just yeah, <laughs> a good spot. That was always, uh, where we, we'd go there like, yeah, I think like two or three times whenever we'd go to North Country. I think it was like Thursday night once we got there. And, you know, yeah. th- three times it was definitely it was definitely enough it was good it was definitely maybe a little too much but yeah we used to we used to chirp uh we used to chirp this kid that uh involved with surgeries and we'd say like little italy's better which is the rival restaurant right down the road oh is- <laughs> so we, used try, we used to try and give it to him a little bit under his skin but yeah honestly if i'm being honest surgeries is the best in town so there's not yeah. much that can beat that man so i think it, i think it was my senior year we uh we were up there and then cornell comes in too so they had yeah. a, I think they were, they were playing oh, maybe St. Lawrence or Clarkson or whoever. Yeah. And um, they come in and they're eating dinner, a couple tables from us. And yeah. um, our they bus. Steak? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. Bad. We were looking <laughs> over, seeing what they got. Yeah, it's um, a bad D1, D3 joke there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And like one of the waitresses is like, oh, are you, like, do you guys play them? We're like, no, we, we don't. Oh, hopefully not. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, get on the bus after, and our bus breaks down. So like we're sitting there yeah. for like two hours, and the Cornell bus. They were sitting at a different hotel. I I don't even know where, but Cornell. They you know they get done eating. They get dropped off at their hotel. Cornell bus has to come back. We have to take all of our equipment, put it on that bus. That bus takes huh. us to our hotel. And we had to get like a wow. mechanic for. Our, it was just a. It was insane. Oh, it's it at the was, time in the North Country. Right, yeah. And then we're sitting on there like, oh, yeah, we're on a Cornell bus. Like, this is this. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, the the, uh, the outlets actually work. Yeah, that right. Was always, that was the problem with our bus all the time. Oh, dude, never. I mean, the, the bus had Wi-Fi apparently, but never. Yeah. Never How about worked. the uh, yeah the six-hour drive back to Fredonia? That, that was the worst bus trip in the Suniac, in my opinion. To, yeah. It was us driving down to Fredonia. Potsdam driving down to Fredonia, and I always felt so bad when Fredonia had to drive up to Potsdam because you knew it was just going to be a hike. Yep, and always storming out no matter what time yeah, of year it was. Horrible weather. For um, but then the worst would be would be when we played you guys Friday, Plattsburgh Saturday because Plattsburgh is even farther. So oh, we would true. We well. would we would leave after Plattsburgh game. So like say sometimes we had a 7 p.m. game, we'd leave right yeah. from there back to Fredonia, get to Fredonia like 6 a.m. Yeah, it's so, insane. I, yeah, I don't miss those trips. <laughs> no, not at all. 
So after after you're done with Potsdam, you get a coaching job at RPI, right? Yep. What was uh, what was your title there? Uh, so I was the uh, volunteer assistant coach. So it's pretty much you're the third assistant on the team, and you are treated like you're an assistant coach, but you don't get paid. Yeah. But uh, if you are willing to do what you love for no money, then you truly love it. Right. No, that's a that's a great way to look at it. How um how'd you get that job? Because that uh, Mike Lisi had that job before you, right? Yeah. Lisi did. So, and he was um, he was awesome too, because he was a he was a great skills coach. Oh yeah, he is. And it was a changeup for RPI to go with a goalie coach rather than a skills coach. Mm-hmm. So they were just they were trying something else. But I I heard so many great things about Lisi and what he was doing. His videos too were awesome to look at. Mm-hmm. And actually, I used a couple when I had to run a forward skill session because I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. Oh, he for sure knows what he's talking about. And he's great, especially with doing skills like that. Um, so you were there. So you were, you know, volunteer assistant. And then so clearly work with the goalies with your background knowledge, right? Yep. Goalies. And then anything else? Uh, yeah. So goalies was my main thing. Uh, I always like to say that I was an assistant coach who did goalie development instead of a goalie coach. Yeah, uh, because I was also I helped out a lot with the pre-scouts, a lot of the uh, video breakdown and stuff like that. So uh, just getting the team prepared for the weekend. That was my biggest job. And it was all encompassing. You're just you're there. I was there probably 70 hours a week. It was yeah. a full time job for me. So it was uh, it was an amazing experience, though, because you do feel like you're a part of something special. Right. Yeah. And you guys had a pretty good year, right? Yeah. Uh, really end up winning 17 games. Uh, went from so Dave Smith took over the program a few years ago he uh, went from six to ten to 17 so it was a huge up year for us yeah, yeah. and we we got our first buy in I think 10 years so the first oh, wow. round buy obviously the uh, the season ended right after that buy but yeah. we got the buy yeah man, good for you guys that's impressive um, so a question that I have for you um, how do you like relate to the players being like so close because the goalies I work with, like the senior, we were same age. Um, yep. How do you, like, how do you relate to being so close in age with your players? Uh, the key is to, you have to be yourself. So you can't be an imposter. You can't think that you're going to be this tough guy coach or this father figure. Cause you're not, you're yeah, no, more right. of a peer or a friend. Honestly, I took the friend approach where it's like, Hey guys, I mean, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get you better. And, a coach in that situation is more of an accountability coach and discipline. So you're there, you're making sure like we had our goalie sessions every single week. And my job was to make sure I had a plan ready for him. Mm-hmm. And whether that plan was division one caliber or pro caliber or whatever, who knows, but in the end of the day, it just kept the goalies accountable to getting better every single day. So that was the okay. biggest thing. And that's how I kind of had, that was my mindset through the whole year. Yeah. All right, cool. Because I because I saw it as too like I was kind of like the fourth goalie who who like didn't yeah. play. You know what I mean? Just kind of be there, and it's always nice just to have like that goalie talks. I guess you know like in between periods, you know, just chatting with the goalies about you know what to expect. You know what what I done differently on that goal. Just you know yeah. good save here. Just a little chat that some goalies need. Um, Absolutely. So you know that was some good insights. So I'm definitely gonna you know use those in the upcoming years. Um, Let's see. What else do I got for you? Did you uh, did you always want to coach? Did you know you'd go into coaching when you were done playing? Yeah, uh, I thought I was going to go into strength conditioning at first, mm-hmm. and then uh, honestly, it was after my senior year at Potsdam. We 
only won six games. And I realized that strength conditioning is awesome and you need to have great strength conditioning coaches, but it doesn't affect the play on the ice as much as I thought it did at first. I thought if you had a, like a top, like the, you, we all grew up with miracle. It was like, okay, the top condition team is going to win all the time. Yeah. And, but that's a Disney movie. And right. so I wanted to be more in the trenches and I realized that my passion was hockey and not the weight room. So I was like, if I really want to go out for my passion, I want to coach and I want to coach hockey. So yeah. that's really where my mindset went. Yeah, no, that's good. And um, did you want to go college? Were you thinking like younger high school, junior level, or did you want to stay at the collegiate level? Uh, I wanted to stay college. Uh, I love college hockey. And with how my path was, as far as my juniors was up and down, youth hockey, I started late. Uh, and I never played at a really high level. I never played AAA hockey. Uh, I knew that I wanted to coach college because I felt like I could replicate a similar experience to what I had and help grow individuals in that realm better than any other realm in hockey. Mm-hmm. So what's, um, what's the name? Bo- Bozak? Is, am I saying that right? Yeah. Is it coach Bozak? So funny story about him. I don't really, I don't know him. I think I follow him on yeah. Instagram because, yeah. um, you know, that, that discovery page and Instagram, you know, where you can just like see other people's posts. I saw yeah. him with, uh, with Boyle, Kevin Boyle. Uh-huh. And I, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Ducks fan. So I saw yeah. that. I was like, Oh, I'm going to follow this guy, see his drills. And I see that, uh-huh. you know, we have like mutual followers or, um, whatever. So are you, you're, are you working a uh, goalie specific camp with him this summer? It was supposed to happen. Supposed to happen. Uh, as of right, as of right now, it's, I don't know. It's on the fence. And with, uh, my plans in the future I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it so I because July 1st is usually when you start up with a uh, with another team and yeah. uh, but I talked to George for a while he's an unbelievable guy he's a great coach if you're in the New Jersey or Philadelphia area you have to you should go to him I don't I don't want to say have to but you should he's uh, yeah he's got a great philosophy he's a huge Bruce Lee fan which is awesome I always think that goaltending as much as it's a hockey position and they have to be some of the smartest hockey players it's a martial art Mm-hmm. and because just with the technique and where your mind has to be so he uh he's a big Bruce Lee fan and we talked about that probably for 30 minutes just on philosophy of goaltending so we uh I only talked to him once over the phone and it was probably an hour and a half conversation and it was like we were fast friends yeah he just clicked right away that's awesome yeah that's a, he's a great guy yeah I, I gotta reach out just gotta let him know I'm a Ducks fan and you know oh, maybe. I love you yeah <laughs> um so yeah, I got a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind, before we yeah. uh, wrap wrap this no up. <laughs> well, what um, what were your off seasons like, especially in college? You had a passion for, you know, strength and conditioning. Um, what did you like to do in your off season? Uh, so as much as I said that my the weight room wasn't a passion, I was in it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I like to experiment a lot with uh, myself and my teammates with strength conditioning programs. So I would spend all year learning exercise science at Potsdam, and then trying to apply different programs to the team and actually my sophomore year my sophomore summer into my junior year I uh, got a really good internship in Boston with Mike Boyle who's one of the better strength conditioning coaches for hockey and that experience was life-changing honestly Uh, living in Boston for 10 weeks learning from such a great strength conditioning coach who had an amazing philosophy of injury prevention really changed my uh, look at how strength conditioning should be done that's not necessarily packing on muscle, but making sure that guys don't get hurt. Because he mm-hmm. used to say that if I have an $8 million athlete, the only thing I can do is make him not make $8 million. 
Right. So it's a, it was a really good approach and uh, actually was able to skate with a pretty high level skate when I was out there. Uh, I skated with a couple of the Bruins, which was an amazing experience. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, it was a, that was a crazy off season. And then my junior to senior year that summer, I actually tried to, I started to rush my masters because I got my masters my senior year. Okay. So I lived in Potsdam and just skated up there, worked the uh, Can-Am and Lake Placid. And that's where I started to really love being a hockey coach was at Can-Am. Oh, nice. So how, how, uh, how close are you guys to Placid up there? Uh, hour and a half. Hour, closer okay. than people think. Because uh, I mean, from us being from Syracuse, it's far away. Yeah. And then when you're in Potsdam, you're like, oh, wow, this is actually like a quick drive. <laughs> yeah, compared to that. Like, it catches you off guard a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize it was uh... – it was that close. That's a, uh, that's yeah. cool. That's a, uh, um, you know, that's a cool experience being up. I, I didn't have the experience of, you know, staying in Fredonia in an off season to like either train and yeah. skate. So I'm sure, did, were you with any, uh, you know, any teammates stay with you there? Uh, a few, a, a few? few of them got a uh, landscaping jobs up there and that was awesome. Cause it just created a really good workout group to have. And mm-hmm. one of them was a local, he was from Messina. Okay. So he actually stayed in Potsdam for most of that summer, but it uh, opened up skating opportunities because he knew yeah. everybody. He was like, okay, we can go skate at Cannes. We can go skate at Clarkson. So it just was, it was awesome to be able to have that ice available. Right. So. Year round. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, looking back on your whole uh, playing experience, um, you know, you mentioned some things that you wish you did differently, but looking back, anything specific that you would, you would change about your career in the pathway? Um, yeah, it's fine. I, I love this question. Uh, because where I end up, I ended up, no. Uh, mm-hmm. If I thought that I had a better chance at Division One hockey, I would have stayed in the CCHL for Gloucester. And I really wish that I had uh, a sports psych coach, especially with all the stuff that I was dealing with at home. Yeah, being five out, being five hours away, I wish I had someone more to talk to. I had a great roommate who actually he passed away between my sophomore and junior year. So oh, I'm was sorry to huge, hear that. that uh, he was a great guy. Uh, it was yeah. a huge motivational factor. Just be grateful for every day you're on the ice. So yeah. whenever I get on the ice, I look up and I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. And that right when right. that first edge hits, I'm in love. So yeah, uh, it was. Uh, I wish I stayed in Gloucester though. I wish I like didn't have that attitude problem. When mm-hmm. I was in Ottawa, and I wish I aged out. So those are the those are the only two things. It was to stay in Ottawa. I had a great build, family, great setup, and a great roommate. And then I wish that I just played my last two years, but I don't regret any of it. I mean, yeah. I can look back at it now, and I can give that advice to somebody. But I did what I did. Right. Yeah. And like where you're at now, you have all those all your best friends that you played with. You know the yeah. the coaching jobs that you have um, lined up, you know, the, the education, the degrees, but then you also think kind of like, all right, what if, what if I did this? And it's just natural to think that, what if I did something differently? Um, real quick, I forgot to mention, can you explain the coaching job you have lined up for this upcoming season that, you know, we're all praying hopefully happens? Yeah. Uh, so I got offered a position at Concordia University, Wisconsin, which is a school right outside of Milwaukee. Uh, they started their program the same year that Adrian did. Adrian College, which is a powerhouse out yeah. in Michigan. Uh, they're in the same conference as St. Norbert and Adrian, and they're trying to get their programs to that level. Mm-hmm. So uh, the job came up, honestly, it was the first week of March, and I reached out to them uh, through my 
help with my uh, references and stuff. They helped me get the job. And uh, three days after I accepted the offer, they said, we're freezing everything. So obviously COVID happened. Uh, all we can do now is become better coaches with studying everything and reaching out to our networks and just talking like we are right now, mm-hmm. because I feel like that's the best way to learn. But sure. I'm hoping that hockey happens soon. And I hope that college hockey is a, a level of hockey that happens. So Yeah. Well, man, add in a, you know, hockey minded guy like you, that program is definitely going to skyrocket sooner rather than later. It. Yeah, man. Hopefully. All right. <laughs> Last thing, I know I said this multiple times, but it's just, it's just, I got to keep going. <laughs> it's just, yeah, um, I, I love talking, love talking hockey. Um, as a goalie, you know, we're all seeing as a bunch of weirdos, any like pregame rituals, or, like superstitions that you would do that, that was odd. That was, that you would say it was like weird or anything. Um, Oh, probably the weirdest one and I didn't think it was weird at first but then when you talk to people about it they're like wow that's a little <laughs> off uh, I used to count the sips out of my water bottle so during the game four sips during the game so during four games? sips and I definitely OCD but it was four <laughs> sips and if it didn't feel good it was eight so it was uh it was a whole uh ritual it just made me feel good and I honestly I think I developed it when I was in high school so it was it's been around for eight years so you yeah. know, I wasn't changing it but that was really <laughs> the only weird thing that I used to do so wow okay you you see like you know guys between whistles that go skate to the boards and it looks like yeah. you know they're not doing anything but they're touching a specific puck mark on the on the oh, glass yeah. or they're coming back hitting the post a couple times or, or Hopi just like what's he do he sprays the water bottle and watches the water come down yeah he watches the one droplet now I think every single goalie under 17 is doing that so yeah <laughs> I mean, it's good it, hey it gets your uh your eyes going so if it yeah. works yeah he was he before before the games he's on the bench just like he's just looking forward looking left looking right his eyes are just moving too it's yeah it's crazy to watch you guys I, I tried some of that and honestly it was so mentally exhausting to try and get through all those rituals mm-hmm. or those pre-game warm-ups or whatever you want to call them uh or routines I should say uh I felt like I was already like too tired to get in the game. I mean, I think visualization is awesome, but I think that you have to find your threshold for it. And I think it's also mental exercise. I think every single time you do visualization, it's like doing a rep in the weight room. It's the same thing. But if you try and burn yourself out mentally, it's like burning yourself out physically. So sure. I think that's where, uh, I think the brain's a new frontier for coaching. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, definitely have some good insights there. Um, were you, before games, were you like in the zone, no one talked to me or were you, were you loose? Uh, looser. Uh, I was, I'm pretty mellow, like pretty quiet. Just, uh, I always just say like people be like, oh, what music do you listen to? I was a big Jack Johnson fan. Okay. I just wanted to have like a really good flow, a really good feeling going in. And I wanted to make sure that nothing could bother me. So if someone, like, say, kicked the soccer ball at my shins when I wasn't looking, I wouldn't get upset. Like, just let it be. Like, everything's mm-hmm. flowing. So that was my biggest thing is that I felt like that was the best way for me to get ready is just to be at a nice, mellow wavelength. And it was just another day in the office, in my opinion. So Yeah, man, that's awesome. Well, Nate, this was incredible. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I hope everyone learns a lot from you from like your attitude to your work ethic and everything. So this was, this was great. Thanks again for uh, coming on. Oh, hey, thanks for having me. And uh, you're, you're awesome at this. You're perfect for podcasting. So. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm trying. Hey, <laughs> oh, keep going. Keep going. All right, man. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good.
thanks again to Nate Skidmore for coming on the Next Level Podcast. That that interview went so well. I could have spent another hour talking to Nate about hockey, yeah, you know, and what you know what it takes to to get recruited to play at college, and you know to, to see what um, the Division One coaches look for in players. Um, you know, we talked for maybe a half hour or so after, uh, just just comparing, um, you know, just coaching strategies and and whatnot. And I learned just so much from him, as I hope you know many of you did, uh, either as a player or even if you if you do want to coach um, once your playing career is over with. So yeah, that that was great. I'm real happy with um, you know how that went and everything he said. That was phenomenal um some uh you know takeaways i had from there was the adversity that he faced um whether it was on the ice or off the ice you know he faced quite a bit and at the times when he struggled on the ice he was able to reflect on it and you know you know he kind of accepted um his errors you know a few times he mentioned that sometimes his ego was a little too big or got in the way and, you know, I was so glad to hear. And as you can tell, he's just a, a un, unbelievable guy, super nice, um, you know, just just a great dude. And he, he would reflect on that and know that he's got to change his attitude. Okay, I got to change my attitude so I can get that net back, get the starting role, and, and roll with it. And, you know, um, just be the best player I can be because we all have those instances where we are a big fish in a small pond, right? Um, you know, sometimes you're at a level where you're, you're really good at it. You know what I mean? Like you, you could, your star, your starter captain, um, you know, some, you think everything's going to go your way when that's not the case most of, some of the times. And you can either, you know, do it two ways. One, just like he did it, you could recognize, okay, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have had this attitude. Let's take the off season to reflect on and to learn from it. So that way, the next year, I'm ready to go again. The other way you can do it is blame others. Like, yeah, you know, I didn't have the best year, but neither did my team. Neither did my defense. Neither did my offense. You know, that goal wasn't my fault. Refs, coach, you, you can blame anything besides yourself. And I'm going to tell you that's the wrong way to do it because you're not going to learn and you're not going to grow by doing it that way. Another point that I want to bring up that he mentioned, and I think this was after recording, so I think this is when me and him were talking, and he, he emphasized how like important it is to make mistakes. He said, you know, not big mistakes, not, you know, critical ones, but learn from your mistakes. Allow mistakes to happen. Okay, you know, whether it's on the ice, sorry, maybe I shouldn't have went for a poke check there. Maybe I should have used a power push instead of staying on my feet. You know, whatever the case may be. Could be off the ice, you know. All right, maybe I shouldn't have. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have played here for this year. You, you know, just making reflections and learning. Um, I'm, I'm all about, you know, taking risks. You, you know, not having, you know, that what if feeling. But sometimes you can't control that. So I was real happy when he mentioned about, you know, make mistakes, learn from them. And then that's how you'll grow. So real excited to, you know, get this interview out there. It's very insightful. Like, I, I'd like to think that I know a little bit about, you know, hockey and coaching and everything. 
and skid he just blows me out of the water like I, like i mentioned i could talk to him for hours and hours just because of how smart he is and how much hockey knowledge he has so real real great interview there um you know thank you for everyone's tuning in and listening um that uh i think that wraps it up for episode four shout out johnny carlson actually i do have another johnny carlson story i would like to share um I gotta get him on here. It's just just talking to him. It's man, I gotta get him on. Anyway, at Fredonia we have this Pink the Rink game. It's called where it's uh, just a fundraiser for charity. Um, you know, people can you know buy jerseys and get the name of a loved one who you know battled cancer on the back of a jersey, and then we give those jerseys to the people who who purchase them. Not well, we actually say Fredonia. Coach Meredith gives the jerseys to the people who purchase them, right? So it's just a big weekend in Fredonia. It's kind of like the hockey family weekend. So families from all around come in for the weekend. We have a, we have a little party Saturday after the game just to get everyone together. And uh, jo- Johnny, he was from uh, you know Ontario near near Winnipeg, um, I think above Minnesota, I believe. Um, so quite a far away. His parents always only made the trip up. I think like maybe once a year. And, uh, so I remember I'm, I'm sitting with my family. We're talking to Johnny's mom, just, just like him, just so funny. So just such a nice person. And it's, it's getting later and Johnny comes up to his mom. He's like, hey mom, let's get, can you go get, uh, aunt, um, oh, what's her name? I know it. Oh, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. Um, Nancy, I think it's Nancy. So he's like, mom, can you get aunt Nancy? You know, or yeah, can you get Nancy? We're going downtown. And her his mom is just sitting there with us, and then she just screams. She's like, Nancy! And then Johnny, in his voice, looks around, kind of has his arms in the air, like, he's like, well, I could have done that. <laughs> and it was, like, it was, maybe, maybe he had to be there, maybe he had to know him, but, you know, if he, if he listens, I know he'd uh, appreciate it, and it was just, it was just funny. So, another Johnny story, number four, episode four, Johnny Carlson. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks, Nate, for coming on. Um, be sure to give uh, the Facebook page a follow, the Next Level Pod Facebook page, um, the Instagram, Next Level Pod. Um, I'll be posting the episodes, posting pictures and whatnot from the episodes. Um, you know, give my Twitter a follow at CoachHarper96. I'll also be posting a lot of things from the podcast on there as well. And, you know, we got a few more exciting uh, things in the, you know, in the works for the podcast. So share it, you know, help make it grow, help the younger generation of athletes, you know, reach their full potential. And, um, yeah, I'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks for tuning in and uh, stay safe.